Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio. 9.20 a.m. It is a Thursday. You are in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Raider Nation Radio, 9.20 a.m. Uh... And as Damon was talking uh, when we were uh, leading up to the show, no mistakes in May. Deshaun, or, uh, <laughs> I just made a mistake. Damon Cotton, there are no mistakes uh, in May. It was so funny. We're going to get to it. But uh, big day out at Henderson uh, today. First day that the media got a chance to see OTAs. We were on the field for two hours. Kind of far away, but still close enough to uh, to get a glimpse at certain things. And uh, we're going to get into all that, including some mistakes that were made and players holding themselves accountable for that. I tweeted about it. I felt like some people took it completely in a, in a weird direction. But, uh, but okay, we'll, we'll, we're going to get into that. Uh, no question about it. Uh, lots to talk about. Colin Kaepernick, obviously, remains in the news and remains on the Raiders' uh, radar. Um I think there's a legitimate chance that he can get signed if the Raiders believe he can help them improve the team. That's what they're sorting through right now. Take a look at what he did yesterday on the practice field and doing all their due diligence that you normally do. Um, But that is what it's going to come down to. Nothing else. Does Dave Ziegler, who basically has the final decision uh, on, on on the roster, that's basically how it's been explained to us anyway, um, and in conjunction with Josh McDaniels, do they believe Colin Kaepernick can give them the best option uh, right now, better option, I should say, too, than, than what they may currently have on the roster? Does he help make that team better? And that's what it's going to come down to. Nothing else in terms of... You know, what he might bring to the table as far as, you know, how people are going to look at him, how people are going to view him, the media that's going to be, um, you know, wanting a story to do about him. And we saw that effect today already. Uh, there was a packed house uh, in Henderson, and a lot of it was due to what happened yesterday with Colin Kaepernick. None of that's going to come into play. It, the question that the Raiders are going to ask themselves is, do they feel Colin Kaepernick helps his football team? And if the answer is yes, do not be surprised uh, if they sign him. Uh, we're going to talk all about that. We're going to talk about the accountability that I just uh, mentioned. We're going to talk to Peter King. He's going to join us at 430 uh, in the huddle. The great Peter King. Can't wait to get his thoughts on many different uh, subjects. Before we get to all of that, just want to let you know that this half of the huddle of In the Huddle is sponsored by the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. You know, there's nothing worse than living in chronic pain with little hope. Neuropathy and Pain Centers of Las Vegas offers genuine relief from even the most severe and persistent forms of pain. Call their office today or book an appointment online to find out how to live as pain-free a life as possible. Please call them up, 702-257-7246. We all deserve uh, to live life pain-free or as pain-free as possible. All right, so we were out uh, at the practice facility today. We got a chance to see the Raiders, and one thing struck me. Um, probably, you know, a quarter of the way, uh, into the workout today, uh, there was an 11 on 11 red zone drill. And by the way, from what I saw down in the red zone, they, um, 
it looks like the Raiders want to uh, have a physical run game uh, in that portion of the field because a lot of what I saw uh, early on uh, were, were some uh, determined run type plays. You can see what the intent was, uh, and I think that's going to definitely help if they can if they can get that physicality in that part of the field and be able to run the ball a little bit better than they have in short yardage, short space situations uh, in the past. I think that's going to go a long way toward helping them uh, in the red zone. But anyway, uh, over the period of about ten minutes, uh, there were there you could tell that there was some miscommunication going on. Um, there was uh, uh, Alex Leatherwood jumped off sides uh, on on one play. Uh, the miscommunication, it felt like to me, not pointing any fingers or anything like that, but it looked like Derek Carr was kind of looking at Hunter Renfro, and maybe some guys were lined up uh, wrong. Maybe they uh, there was some miscommunication, none of which matters right now. It's May. You've got to get the kinks out right now. It's a new system. It's a new offense. There's going to be some mistakes. There's going to be a little bit of sloppiness, um, and that's to be expected. What was very interesting to me, and I want to get to this, is that all of a sudden – there goes the the first team, the whole offense, not even the first team. It was even the guys that were on the sidelines running a lap around the practice facility, practice field in Henderson. I mean, it like it was, it was, it felt like it was high school or college where somebody makes a mistake, everybody has to go uh, run a lap. All right, um, and then same thing happened with Alex Leatherwood when he jumped offside. No big deal. It's going to happen. It's the time for the for it to happen. But the next thing you know, uh, a lap was being run. And so I thought, okay, um, don't normally see that in the NFL, um, but uh, obviously somebody's holding somebody accountable. Uh, There was a punishment. There was a mistakes were made, and there were ramifications. Those mistakes. Later, come to find out, talking uh, to Josh McDaniels, that um, this was actually player uh, pushed. This wasn't something that he initiated in terms of the penalty. It was players holding themselves accountable. And here's Josh McDaniels talking about that. I would say they were probably as just as um, responsible for that, wanting to do that because they weren't. It wasn't wasn't a good period, you know. And uh, they they know that. I'm not going to be out there cracking a whip on that. I mean, you know, if it's not if it's not we're not doing the right things in a football game, there's going to be some consequences, and usually they're negative. Um, and so I think they understand the whole the concept of that. We don't play well. We don't practice well. You know, ultimately that's going to lead to bad results. So um, we weren't having a very good period. It's very sloppy, lack communication, lack some detail. Um, and so, you know, just, you know, try to get it back. And thought they, they rallied a little bit as practice went on, um, did a better job of communicating and kind of righted themselves uh, offensively and, you know, and sometimes that stuff can happen. I think that's really important. Um, the best teams that I've ever been around policed themselves. And when you don't have to rely on a coach to say, hey, uh, that's unacceptable. Um, you guys need to, you know, there needs to be some sort of a penalty. And a lot of times it's a conditioning penalty uh, when, it re- when it relates to this type of stuff, uh, which who likes to be running in the middle of the afternoon on a hot day in Henderson uh, doing extra running? You know what I'm saying? Like nobody wants to be doing that. Uh, but the fact is the Raiders themselves, the players, not coach initiated, took it upon themselves to say, hey, look, guys, this is not, working we're a little sloppy right now there's mistakes let's we're 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 going to penalize ourselves for that the best teams i've ever been around had that element and that level of accountability and here's the thing uh when you look at the raiders 
over the last few years, uh, really for a while now. But, you know, I've been covering them since 2019 or so. Um, that's really all I can uh, talk about. All right. Some of the where they've been hurt the most is on uh, the efficiency side of things. You know, being composed when they needed to be composed, not making silly mistakes, uh, not jumping off sides. And we saw that from Alex Leatherwood a couple of times, a few times last year uh, in, in drives, important drives that either stalled those drives or pushed them back or knocked them out of, you know, field goal range or scoring range or whatever the case might be, holding penalties, just mistakes, things that you can control. Now, there's always going to be some level of uh, in a, you know mistakes. Mistakes are going to happen, but they can't be repeatedly. It can't happen over and over again. And for far too long, I have felt, uh, and obviously, you know, as Raider fans, you you know what I'm where I'm going with this. It feels like those mistakes, that type of lack of composure, sometimes um, just sort of carried on. All right, we we talked about Alex Leatherwood last year. He was a rookie. I'm sure there was a lot on his plate. And I'm sure when things were going the fastest and his mind was running 100 million miles a minute, and it does uh, at that stage of your career very often, that was probably the times where he got a little anxious, got a little over, you know, uh, too many things on the plate. And that's where some of the mistakes happened. Okay. So we give him, I gave him and still do uh, some leeway on that. He's a rookie player with a lot on his plate, a lot being asked of him, making a position switch, all of that. You know, some of the, that type of stuff is bound to happen. All right. But it's year two for him now. And even in, with a Derek Carr who's going into year nine, uh, and even though he's learning a new system, and Hunter Renfro, it looked to me like there was a period where they were a little bit um, you know, off kilter. The point is, right now, you could just sweep it all under the rug and say, oh, it doesn't matter, you know, it's, it's expected, which it is. But to um, also take that a step further, and as a football team, players themselves say, yeah, that might be inevitable, but we're not going to allow it to happen, and we're going to police ourselves uh, and make sure that there's a penalty for that because it might be inevitable right now, and it might be expected right now, but if we don't nip it at the bud right now, and if we don't have some sort of cause and effect and act and penalty um, to sort of condition the mind that not only is it wrong, but there will be repercussions uh, for the mistake right now, then you hope anyway that that's going to carry over uh, into the regular season when it becomes 10,000 times more important and there will be a, um, a sort of a conditioned response to those types of situations where you are holding your water, where you're not jumping off sides, where you're not making silly mistakes. There's always going to be physical errors. There's going to be holding penalties. There's going to be, um, you know, physical errors where, you know, uh, uh, that, 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 that just happen. Okay. But it's the mental ones that really drive coaches crazy and can really hurt uh, a team, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, you name it. Mental errors are oftentimes the difference between, you know, marching in and scoring that touchdown or having to punt. You know, it's something silly, something stupid, something controllable that oftentimes causes you to shoot yourself in the foot um, and and not be able to take a maximum advantage of a situation. I just think that it was a positive today uh, to see the Raiders in 
the first week of phase three of OTAs where they're finally allowed to do 11-on-11s and that sort of thing, say to themselves, no, we're not going to stand for this. We're going to make sure that um, we hold ourselves accountable. And I think that's something that's going to carry over through the rest of the season. And here's Josh McDaniels talking a little bit more uh, about exactly that. That's what you want. You know, that's what you want, ultimately. Um, you know, I mean, I certainly, you know, there's there's an element of direction and, and those kind of things. But um, when they understand what the standard is and they realize that they're not living up to it, um, you know, that – you know, that, that means you got them, you know, thinking the right things, you know, and uh, if there's anything I can say about this group, I think they believe in, you know, themselves, their teammates, what they're doing, how they work, and um, and they want to put their best foot forward every day. And so uh, when they don't, you know, I think they, they recognize that and they know they can do better and, and they will. When when you start holding yourself accountable to that kind of sense. I know it's just a lap, but it's the it's the point of the whole matter. It's the um, idea of we got to get this right. We got to do this right. And if we don't, um, you know, uh, there'll, there'll be a penalty p- to, to pay. It's not the biggest penalty in the world. We get that. But it's a condition. It, it establishes a condition, a standard, uh, a level that you know that you can't deviate from. Again, mistakes are going to happen, but the key to it is, A, learning from it. We all know that. But also mitigating them um, and eliminating them, maybe not entirely because that's almost impossible, but cutting it down dramatically. You can't have Alex Leatherwood be among the most penalized players in the NFL. You just can't. You can't have the Raiders be among the most penalized teams in the NFL. You just can't, and I know that. That's because of the bias. Yeah, I know he's going there, uh, getting ready to go there. I know there's that belief, um, you know, from Raider Nation, and sometimes, you know, from uh, uh, people in the organization, the the team itself, that there is a bias, um, established, you know, from the NFL. We get it, we understand it, uh, but at the same time, you know, when you see those mistakes that happen, that actually happen, that are very clear. To happen, and again, if there is a little bit of bias, uh, which I'm not, I'm not personally insinuating, but if there is a little bit of bias, it makes it even more imperative, more important uh, that you don't give the referees an easy call by making the silliest of mistakes that everybody in the building can see you making. So uh, it was a little thing and a little observation. And at first, again, when I watched it live, I was like, "Wow, you know." Um, Josh McDaniels and and the staff, they're really drawing a line in the sand in terms of execution and crispness and, and efficiency and saying if there are mistakes, there will be repercussions. I was, to be perfectly honest, surprised later on when we got a chance to talk to Josh McDaniels. He was like, no, no, no it wasn't me. You know, um, it was them. And I think that that is one more sign of the maturity of this team. And, you know, uh, also... I'm a big firm believer in how you kind of look at yourself, right? If you look at yourself as not a very good team, if you look at yourself as uh, just not that talented, you're not going to hold yourself up to the highest standard because you don't even believe that the highest standard is possible for you, okay? And um, I would imagine that there's been Raider teams in the past, not unlike other bad teams in the past, 
where guys kind of looked around and they didn't really see much potential, you know, in terms of winning games, winning lots of games. You kind of look at yourself a little bit differently when innately you don't believe that you're all that good. And maybe it's a a just belief, you know, so you're just going to accept certain things because you know or believe that that's the level that you're at. But when you actually can look around and say, there's a lot of talent on this team, when you start looking at yourself as a, 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 a you know a very talented, good, capable, uh, can achieve at the highest level. When you start looking at yourself in that through that lens, you're going to hold yourself even more accountable. It it goes hand in hand. And I think just again, it was a ten minute phase of a practice today, but I think what I saw at least and the interpretation that I have of it is that the Ra- Raiders believe. We're pretty good, all right, and we're not going to allow, and we're going to start establishing that uh, mandate right now. We're not going to allow the silly, stupid, um, careless mistakes to be the difference between us reaching our goals and not. And so, whereas maybe stuff like that would have gotten, you know, swept under the rug because why? What does it really matter? It'll be the matter. Maybe it'll be the difference between winning five games and seven games. You know, we're we're a mediocre team to be. No, when you really think that you can make the playoffs, when you really think that you can compete for uh, a, a division championship, when you really believe that you can uh, push forward in the playoffs, you understand that the little things become even more pronounced. They're even more important. And it's even more imperative that you take care of those little things and you eliminate the careless type of stuff as much as you possibly can. And how do you do that? You hold yourself uh, accountable. So I thought it was a uh, really interesting 10-minute um, segment of a practice that started getting a little bit uh, sloppy and the Raiders drew a line in the sand and said, that stops and we're going to penalize ourselves and get back at it uh, and, and rally back as Josh McDaniel said. Demond. Got a text on the Sam and Ash text line. You think maybe some players were believing the hype and thought that this was going to be easy and they wouldn't have to work hard. No, 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 not at all. No, I know that this team understands what's at stake, and I, I feel like this is going to be an extremely hardworking, driven, professional, conscientious football team that's not going to allow the inevitable inevitable mistakes of May to in any way, shape, or form carry over into July or August or September or October or November. And the way you do that is by establishing a level that you do not deviate from immediately. Like right now, you don't grow into it. You don't just accept that, okay, this is a new coaching uh, you know, uh, staff, so there's going to be a learning curve. There's going to be a transition, all of which is true. Um, and it, it wasn't like it was like the first – I'm sure it wasn't the first mistake that uh, said, you know what, it's time to go run a lap. It was probably kind of a, uh, a buildup to that. Where it was a little bit sloppy, things were getting a little bit, you know, haywire, um, and and they said enough. Let's go run a lap. Let's go think about it. Let's go penalize ourselves and hold ourselves accountable and hold ourselves to the standard and get back at it and do better. And that's exactly what they did. So no, I don't think anyone's full of themselves. I think everybody understands like this is a big year for the Raiders. This is a year where there's all sorts of great possibilities for this team. And uh, championship teams that have that belief in themselves 
Also understand that in order to get to those goals, to reach those goals, you have to be as sharp as you know a, a pencil. You have to be as sharp as a knife, like in every aspect of the operation, as sharp as possible in order to maximize the possibilities. And I really believe that the Raiders are not believing the hype. They're believing that there's a, a great season is possible for them. And they're not going to let the little things be the difference between reaching that greatness and not. It might be talent. It might be that, you know, uh, as it turns out, you know, three or four other teams are just better than they are. Um, that's acceptable. I mean, you don't want to think about that, and you, it, it's it's not satisfying, and you know, it's 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 not good to think about certain things like that. But you'd rather it be that than your own silly mistakes. And I think that the Raiders have as much talent as anybody in the NFL, and I think it's imperative to them if they want to get where they want to get to be as sharp as possible. Devon. All right. Back, same texture, right back at it. But what caused the sloppiness? <laughs> um, it's day three of OTAs. Uh, you know, you probably got your, thir- your third day legs going on. Your mind might be a little bit mush because a lot's been thrown at you. Uh, you're you're, you're, you're uh, putting in a new system. There's new communication. There's new calls. There's uh, a different verbiage. There's a different language. Uh, there's all kinds of different things that are being thrown at this team right now. All right? And so, like I said, part of it is inevitable. You're going to have some struggles working through all the newness of what's going on right now with with everything that's uh, being implemented right now. But my point is, so there will be mistakes. The point is, the bigger point is, they're not going to, um, it's obvious that they're going to call themselves out for any types of mistakes so that it forces everybody to be a little bit more sharp, a little work a little bit harder. You know what? It was hot as you know what out there today. All right. And I'm sure at some point in practice, your mind starts wandering or or you're afraid a little bit or whatever the case might be. But that is the time to work even harder. That's the time to push even further. Those are the times where you have to convince yourself to be even more focused and you know, shut out all the whether you're tired, whether it's blistering hot, whether you're thinking about, I just can't wait to get back into the air-conditioned uh, locker room, any of those thoughts that, you know, uh, uh, forces you or, or uh, you, you know, creates a situation where you're taking a little bit of step back mentally, any of those things you have to fight through. So I think they were just going through a segment where maybe some of that was going on. And it's, it happens all the time especially this time of year, and especially when you're putting in a new system and everything like that. The key is, the best part of it, the takeaway is, is that they didn't just accept that and say, you know, that's going to happen this time of year. They said, no, um, we don't accept this. We don't like this, and we're going to go run a lap in this hot weather in all these this gear and helmets and all that and get back at it and and start doing better. Come on. Oh no, you're you're 100 right. Also, I think the biggest thing for this texture was like, but what caused the sloppiness? Right. Three days in, like you said, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're, that's a new play, but go ahead. Yeah, like if you're just because all we see, all we hear is um the verbiage, the vernacular, the jargon of this right. offense, how it's going to be so complex. Yeah. And if that's the case, I expect people to make mistakes. Exactly. Um, but Daniels, he was talking about Derek Carr, and he says like, hey, I like Derek. Um, mm-hmm. Derek, we've all we've all heard this before that Derek Carr is one of the smartest football players in the NFL. Right. The way he can read and adapt to a playbook, 
good on him. But everybody's not Derek Carr. Right. Some it, people are going to be like, what was that again? Exactly. Wait, 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 did you say blue or red? Or wait, does blue mean, you know, that's just, it's it's not so much what caused it or even what the mistake was. It was that they aren't going to accept any excuses for it. Uh, they understand that mistakes happen, but if if a, if a segment, if a period of practice is getting a little bit too sloppy, obviously, again, they're going to draw a line in the sand and say, that's unacceptable. We're going to go pay a price. We're going to think about it on our own and come back and get back after it better. You're in the huddle with me. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and also we say like, oh, the offensive line, but we don't know exactly what these plays are. Maybe someone was going in motion and then that throws off the offensive lineman because like you're just not used to these plays. Right. There are so many different factors a than million just things. offensive linemen that just get startled like a deer in headlights. Yeah, and I could say it wasn't just the offensive line that was a little out of whack. I thought there was a there was a point in time where, you know, uh, Derek and maybe the wide receivers weren't, you know, uh, seeing things. And it was all at the line of scrimmage. It was all during the setup, the formation, the call, and all that type of stuff. So uh, don't sweat what it was. Just be, I would say, happy that they're not um, going to be satisfied if that's like the normal type thing. They're going to try to get that exercised out of the uh, realm as early as possible so that it doesn't become an issue later on in the year. And I think players holding themselves accountable is hugely important toward making that happen. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila and Bajador Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. When we get back, the great Peter King will join us in the huddle. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Yeah, I I won't. I'm just by just a, a, a standard procedure. We're not, we won't only talk about the people that are on our team. I mean, Dave and his staff have worked out tons of guys, you know, this spring. Um, and, and we really don't make comments about the evaluations that we made or you know, what, what they look like, what they didn't look like, strengths and weaknesses, those kind of things. They're kind of, um, you know, private, obviously, for us uh, as we look at things to try to make decisions to make the team better. And, um, you know, if players are added to the team, then obviously we'll talk about them at that point. But, um, you know, I respect the question 100%. I understand. But that's kind of what we'll, we'll, we'll stick to. We brought in, like I said, we brought in tons of people for workouts. And, if there's an opportunity to improve the team, you know, um, you know, we said it from day one that we would look at every opportunity, and um, you know, he's not the first player that we looked at, not the not the last one. So uh, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to come in and out of this building, and um, you know, have an opportunity to make an impression. And uh, like I said, the evaluations we make are, are kind of private for us, and um, you know, if we make a decision to add somebody to the team, then then uh, then we'll do it. That obviously was the voice of Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels talking about uh, bringing in Colin Kaepernick yesterday for a workout out of the practice facility in Henderson. And um, that's about the size of it. And so uh, not going to shed much light on what they saw or didn't see um, at this point. It's going to come down to does Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels believe that Colin Kaepernick can help their football team, can help improve their football team, and they're working their way through that. Uh, to talk about that, uh, we are going to the Raider Nation guest line and welcoming in one of the great writers of all time, one of the great NFL writers of all time, Peter King uh, from NBC Sports. Uh, Peter King, you just heard the uh, very familiar voice of Josh McDaniels. Um, what do you make of the Raiders bringing Colin Kaepernick in uh, for a workout? 
Well, just from the outside, and I have not talked to McDaniels or Ziegler about it, um, you know, basically from the outside, it just seems like this is something that the owner really wanted to have happen. Uh, and he's been very keen on it for the last couple of years. And it sounds like uh, John Gruden and, uh, and Mike Mayock were not as keen as he was on it. And, uh, and so I look at it, and I say that this is Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, being open-minded and said, let's look at Colin Kaepernick and let's see what we think of him compared to the guys we have in our building. And, you know, for those who would say, well, whatever you think of Derek Carr, that, you know, this is a guy who we think, uh, you know, will eventually at some point challenge Derek Carr. And, and I'm not saying that, that at his absolute peak that Colin Kaepernick isn't as good or better than Derek Carr, or at one point in his career he wasn't. But the Raiders have moved past that now. You know, they're paying, uh, they're paying their starting quarterback a lot of money. I doubt sincerely they would be bringing in Colin Kaepernick to challenge uh, Derek Carr. They'd be bringing him in to challenge Jarrett Stidham or Nick Mullins. That is what this is about. You know, and I can, I, I'll just tell you this, that, that um, you know, where, where Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels learned virtually everything they know about the NFL and about roster building, they learned from Bill Belichick. And Belichick always was one of those guys who thinks that at some point this year, the 38th guy on your roster or the 23rd guy or the 51st guy on your roster is going to be the key person to win a game or to lose a game. And so we have to do everything in our power to make sure that we have the best 53 that we can possibly put together. What this is about, in my opinion, is basically Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler looking at Colin Kaepernick and saying, can we take the two or three weeks of mayhem that would surround him, um, you know, and then at the end of that two-week period, do we feel good about his ability to go into a game versus either Mullins or Stidham? and to run the offense that we want to run the way we want to run it, can he do a better job than the two guys who are going to be our two and three? And that's going to be an interesting question because I think in, a, in an absolutely idyllic, perfect world that they would probably say yes. But the other question is really, when you think about it, is, how much, uh, how much are they willing of, you know, having CNN coming out to practice or whoever coming out to practice or whatever? How much are they willing to have that, you know, be around their team? And would there be some sort of understanding with uh, Colin Kaepernick that, hey, during the season, this has got to be about football? I know you're off on Tuesday, but we need to know what your thoughts are about 
how active you're going to be off the field, you know, with the things that you're very passionate about. And is that going to get in the way of our football team? So it's an awkward question to ask somebody who you don't know that well, but I do think it's, it's a topic that before you sign Colin Kaepernick, you probably have to talk to him about it. I don't think there's any question uh, about that, and uh, I, I would I would believe that he would understand why that question needed to be asked, and I yeah. would be curious, Peter, to know what the answer would be, because I, I have a feeling, I mean, this is just me, I haven't talked to Colin Kaepernick, um, I'm, I'm curious to, that would be great, um, but where does, at this point, football, you know, uh, uh, rank on his pecking order, and I, and I have a sneaky su- suspicion, Peter, that it's a lot higher than people might imagine at yes. this point. I totally, you're absolutely, totally right. Why would he be working out so consistently uh, if football was going to be the third thing on his radar? Right. You know, or something like that. He he wants one more shot at this sport that, I mean, look, all you have to do is look at old NFL films. Old, it's crazy. Right. It's been five years and five months since he's played a football game in the NFL. Now that is a long time, but it's not forever. Right. And, and you know, what's interesting to me, I mean, like the last game he ever played in the NFL was the last game that uh, Chip Kelly ever coached in the NFL. I was at that game. January, January one, 2017. And uh, the 49ers who had a bad team that year lost to the Seahawks uh, that day. But 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 anyway, the the point I would make about about Kaepernick is: Can you imagine if if you have have gotten no leads on a job for five and a half years, and yet you still really really want to do it? That's why I totally and firmly believe that if the Raiders said to him, Colin, look, we'll sign you, but uh, between Labor Day weekend and, uh, you know, if you make our team, between Labor Day weekend and the last game of our season, you know, we just, we want you to be a football player. And, you know, if you are going to use this platform to go out and do a lot of social stuff that might get, uh, might get sticky for us, you know, we don't know if we can do that. And again, I am totally in favor of Colin Kaepernick. Believe me, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, you know, a freedom guy, and and not. I don't want to stand in the way of anybody who wants to do something to voice whatever their opinion is about whatever it is in the United States. But in this particular case. This is where it got so difficult for, uh, you know, late in his 49er regime, uh, because everything was, everything was difficult. If he had played great, really great, that would have been one thing. He was playing okay. Right. Um, and, and so I think, I think the Raiders will want to know that, you know, it's not going to be something where they turn on the TV on Wednesday night and there he is with Anderson Cooper talking about the latest George Floyd story. And and again, I am not saying that that is the wrong thing to do, but I'm saying that it probably is the wrong thing to do 
if you want to play in the NFL right now. Well, and to flip it on the other side, uh, Peter, if you're if you're Colin Kaepernick and you have any um, concerns or worries that they're just using this as a publicity st- uh, stunt uh, to, to to for whatever reason. Don't you want to hear them tell you, we want you all dialed in because we actually believe that you could help us if it, if situation yeah. dictates that. So because from, think uh, of it, yes. think of, just, just think of this aspect of it. You know, the backup quarterback in the NFL is one snap away from being the man. And, and again, look, Derek Carr has been a, uh, has been a, a durable guy for, for, you know, for the most part in his career. So, so uh, it, it, it isn't necessarily that Colin Kaepernick comes in here and it's like he's going to back up Jared Goff, you know, or something, or 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 a guy who gets hurt a lot. Right. You know, he he is he would be backing up an absolute rock solid starter for this team right now, and with the understanding that he's got to keep himself ready because if he's the guy, I would assume that he would be the backup quarterback and not the number three quarterback. But I, I do think that he would accept that. On a team that has big aspirations, too. So, um, yeah. you know, making his role on it even more pronounced and more uh, I- important. Uh, we're talking to the great Peter King um, from NBC Sports. And, Peter, um, we got a chance to talk again today, today to Josh McDaniels. Um, and one of, the, one of the things that he pointed out, and uh, it, was, it was a long, uh, detailed answer, but the gist of it being um, talking about him being the head coach now and calling things as a head coach, no longer uh, an assistant, getting that second chance uh, after what had happened with the Denver Broncos. And he sort of got into how, um, you know, hinted that maybe he tried to be too much like Bill Belichick uh, in Denver um, early on in his career at that age, coming from where he was coming from, trying to emulate the great Bill Belichick, and it probably cost him a little bit. And uh, you know what? He, you know what? You know why? Like, I, I think you can see a lot of coaches who coached for Bill Belichick and then went out on their own, and they said, why wouldn't I take exactly. a lot of traits of Belichick with me? He's the, you know, the greatest coach in modern, of modern times and maybe in NFL history, so why wouldn't I do that? But I think what happened, and I, I'm not positive this happened exactly this way in Denver, but what I remember is having a long conversation with Joshua Daniels after he uh, flamed out in Denver. And I remember that day, you know, him asking me a lot of questions about sort of what I thought and, hey, you've been covering the league for a long time. What do you think? And, and the one thing, the one thing that, that my impression was in Denver is that, you know, you don't have to do – everything the exact same way that Bill did it, even if you looked at it and say, I totally understand why he, why he does that. Right. Like, for instance, the relationship with the press and totally stonewalling on almost anything. I, I mostly understand why he won't comment about Kaepernick uh, because he doesn't want it to be the Colin Kaepernick show and all that stuff. I get it when they're not even sure whether they're even going to sign him. But I do think one of the things he did learn from his, from his time in Denver, 
And I'll be really interested to hear your thoughts on this three months from now. Because one of the things I, I remember saying to him, I said, you know what, I'm just telling you, press is not your enemy. You know, in most markets, like in Denver, I'm not saying that those guys are cheerleaders for the team at all in any way. But, you know, I mean, the, 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 the craziest thing that I've seen, seen some coaches over the years do, and you've seen Belichick do it a lot, you know, he totally stonewalls on the most harmless things. And there's no need to do that at all. And so I think that one of the things that Josh McDaniels will do in this job that maybe he didn't do the last time is that he'll just sort of be a little bit more relaxed and a little bit more, uh, hey, uh, you, you know, guys who cover the team occasionally, he may just have a conversation with you, an off-the-record conversation with you about whatever. And, and I'll be re- very curious in three or four months to ask you and to ask the other guys who cover the team uh, what's, what's, he, what's he been like. Because I think a year plus into his time in Denver, guys like for the Denver Post and the TV guys there, they just they didn't like him at all because he just was so cold and so distant from them. And it isn't, that really doesn't matter if you're winning, everything is fine. But, you know, you're a new coach, and it isn't, I, I don't mean that you need friends. But I think it's always a good thing to be able to let the people who are communicating about your team with the general public, give them an idea about what you're doing, you know, and what your thought process is, instead of making them guess about it. He spoke for almost 25 minutes today, which is actually a long time for a coach to yeah. talk um, after an OTA practice in the uh, you know late May. And so he's been really good in that regard. Uh, I'm, I'm being straight up uh, about that. And you know when we're t- when I was asking you about the whole trying to be a Bill Belichick thing, he's probably said this three or four times where I just have to be myself. I learned that, and for him to yeah. talk 20 minutes or so today and also expound and be uh, open and he even apologize like i totally 100 understand why you have to ask about colin kaepernick but we're gonna you know keep it right here and keep our thoughts to ourselves uh at this moment so he showed a respect even in saying nothing basically and i didn't expect him yeah to say anything but yeah it's it's so far so good in that regard and i truly believe uh, i don't know what's going to happen i don't know if this is going to succeed or not but i feel like um, whatever did happen in Denver, he's determined not to repeat those mistakes. And after this, whatever happens, happens. But it's not going to be because he's trying to be somebody else, I guess is my point. Yeah, and I think I think you're going to find, too, that, you know, I remember early on, I did a long story about him in the early days in Denver with Tebow. And I remember seeing a situation where... Uh, where basically, you know, he was dealing with trying to establish his own way with the team. And you could tell that some of the players were chafing about it. And I always have this feeling that, that when you go into a team, like when Matt Patricia went into Detroit, Joshua Daniels goes into uh, Denver, Joe Judge goes into the Giants. You know, all those guys, it's not like, 
they say, well, you're not Bill Belichick, so we don't respect you. It's that, okay, come on, you know, let's, let's find out who you are and let's get a relationship, let's build it together. And, and instead, I really think that some guys who have left Belichick have basically stood up in front of the team and said, hey, listen, I've won X number of Super Bowls. I've been with the Grand Wizard. Uh, I, I've been with the, you know, the greatest of our time. So respect me. And that's just not how it works. It isn't. Football. Not at all. Not or at with all. anybody. Exactly. You, know, you, you, have to, you, have to, you have to earn your own respect. Right. And yeah, because the answer would be, well, well so were a lot of people. <laughs> there were a lot of people who got rings uh, in yeah. that organization, but there was one guy that, you know, was the head of it all. And you're not that guy. And if you are uh, of that ilk, that'll prove itself out at some point. So uh, you're yeah. right. You have to earn it. Last question for you, Peter King. Uh, and I wish I could keep you forever, but um, I just saw, you know, your power rankings that, uh, that you put out. I saw that the uh, Raiders are number 13. I think that's uh, more than, more than fair. But when you were going through this exercise, uh, how difficult was it to slot the Raiders, um, you know, uh, in the whole scheme of things? Well, I don't think the Raiders were that hard. I think they're a top half of the league team. Um, I think they are uh, an explosive team. They're going to score a lot of points, and I think that it may turn out to be that Chandler Jones is as important an ad as Devontae Adams is. Now, I don't think necessarily that'll be true, but it may be true because he he is uh, Chandler Jones, you'll find, is, absolutely determined to prove that he's still the man. Uh, so having him and Crosby uh, rush the passer is going to be a treat to watch, I think. But, but I, do think, I do think that they belong in the upper half of the league, and now after that, what do you do with a tough schedule? What do you do in a very, very tough division? This is the toughest division in my memory that I've ever seen. It's it is since since the NFL has gone to uh, eight fourteen divisions uh, two decades ago, and it's toughest because the four quarterbacks in the division on a given Sunday all could have the best day of any quarterback in the league. And you know, imagine Russell Wilson finishing last with a good team and a good defense. That's possible. That's what I picked to happen. You know, if the Chargers and, and Kansas City and the Raiders are all as good as we think they'll be, then, you know, Denver is going to be really fighting to be over 500. And Russell Wilson going to a better team than the one he has been on is, I mean, that just goes to show you how tough it's going to be in that division to stand out. But the, the one other thing I thought about the Raiders coming into this year, honestly, is that by the end of last year, they had the ability to go toe-to-toe with any team in the league. And now they're somewhat better on defense and somewhat better on offense. And so with that being the case, I think they could win anywhere between 8 and 12. I, you know, they can be an average team or they can be you know, a, a very good team in the fifth seed in the AFC, maybe even better than that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's a ceiling here, um, and, and it, it's it, 
we don't know what that ceiling is, and it is going to come down to how they navigate a really difficult schedule. But there's a ceiling here nonetheless that could be pretty darn high. And it'll be fascinating to see uh, if they're able to reach it in a very, very difficult AFC West and a very difficult AFC. And I can't wait to get your thoughts um, six four, or you know, six months down the line, five months down the line, th- four weeks down the line uh, to get your thoughts on, on everything that uh, that is going on. Peter King, thank you so much. It was an honor again to have you on the show. Truly appreciate it, and we'll talk to you down the road. My pleasure. Hey, thanks for having me. You got it. That was Peter King. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Thursday. Hey, guys, it's your boy, Vinny B, from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right. Tat products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas.